Shout out Thanks to the good mosquitoes, you. honestly. And I'm sorry you that you. So good mosquito. I'm sorry that you get lumped in with all the bad mosquitoes. Yeah. Do you We're know what sorry. I mean? It's not your, it's not your fault. fault. It's right? the one you're, that had a taste for you're meat. You're a fine vegetarian mosquito that likes flowers, and then you know your stupid cousin just likes blood. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know some of you guys might get wiped out because we gotta get rid of that too. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We're here with my brother in the reactor. Got some cool new sounds for you guys this episode. Adam, what's up? How's it going, everyone? We are here. We are here with a soundboard and wallets coming out of the pocket. You know what I love? You know what? You know what I love? Yep. It's in, in this day of Corona. It's when I when I have a mask in in my sweater pocket, and then I have a mask also in my sweatpants pocket. And dog has bone. And my dog has the bone. I was not taking the bone away from my dog. He looks so sad. Anyway, when you have multiple masks in your pockets, just maskophobia. There needs to be like a mask holder. Is this your gripe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna move on to, on to my gripe. Yeah. It's just like all the masks that you have, because we have like a bunch of masks, and they just get everywhere. And it's like, where do you put them? And they're disgusting too. Yeah, they get gross. They're they're super. No, they are just super gross after one use. So so where do you put them? Uh, at the front door, right? You hang them up at the front door. They look so nasty there. Dry it out like a dirty piece of clothing. They look disgusting. What's your What's your gripe? Uh, boxers. I can't figure boxers out. So if it's too small, right, it crushes me in my area, in my parts. Compressed. It impresses my parts and it hurts me. And if it's too big, uh, it fills up my pants and I can't put my shorts on. I don't get how you still wear the baggy boxers, to be honest with you. Because if it's too, too small, it, it bothers me so much, I'd just rather wear no boxers at all. Do you still it's so annoying. But you still wear like little boy boxers, the ones that don't compress. Yeah, I still wear little boy boxers. How are those comfortable at all? They're they're good because they don't shrink my my wiener. They don't. I want compression. They don't grip me. I, I they, want grip. No, but the grip makes me feel. It makes it hurts after a while. It cuts off circulation. Yeah, I I want a little grip. I want a, I want a little a little holster. I forgot di- digestion. My digestion. Um, there has been no coffee today. Yeah, coffee's coming no later. No coffee yet. Okay, no coffee. I got some tea here. Wednesday morning. I got some tea. Do I wish? Do I wish that the tea was chai? Absolutely. But Adam, I'm not gonna waste my arousal until I really need it. You know what I mean? So my gripe. So my digestion. I haven't. I haven't gone. No caffeine. Have no go. Noah, I would like to play a game with you. Let's do it. Um. When I say this, I want you to tell me what you think of. So, what do you think Mr. Mosquito is? Uh, I think it's probably like a br- like a brand name, like a mascot for a brand. Okay. That's pretty close. Mr. Mosquito is a Japanese video game released in 2001. So, the protagonist of the game is a mosquito. And his goal is to stock up on as much blood as he can to survive the winter. So, it looks like one of those, you know those games you play at the arcade where um, it's like a... You're like fighting all those bad guys and it has like really blocky graphics. Yeah. And you yeah. like step on the pedal. That's what it looks like. It's like a shooter uh, with those kind of uh, <clears throat> those environments. So for one, the family is called the Yamada family. 
and that's the house that the mosquito lives in. And he must attack at strategic kind of intervals to stock up on blood. To not get like swatted. To not get swatted, exactly. That sounds great. And you can change the mosquito's color. So each family member is a level. So level one is you try to suck the blood of the daughter, which is kind of, it's kind of pedophile-y when you're in the game. It's a very weird Did game. Did you play it? How no, do you know this? I watch videos of the game. When do you, what's the top level? The top level is, is the father who's wearing like a really strange uh, a belt and doing like aerobics in front of a TV. It's one of the weirdest things. The family is on vacation, Japanese family on vacation in Hawaii, and you're a Hawaiian mosquito. That's really and, funny. Yeah, and so you, uh, and there's a little red box where you have to go to, to land on them and suck their blood. But you got to get there without you gotta getting You got to go there, and then there's like two little meters that you have to balance to get all the blood. And then in, in missions, like uh, in the future, there's all this bug spray that you have to avoid and stuff like that. It's called Mr. Mosquito. Um, Game Informer named it as one of the top 10 weirdest games of all time. I love it. But IGN gave it a 7.5 out of 10 for some God. reason. Guys, yeah, that brings us to our topic. Yeah. Adam, great game. Mm-hmm. I love, love Um, Our topic is, can we get rid of mosquitoes, Adam? And yeah. should we? Okay. Begins that don't suck. Are you ready? I didn't do it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking God. What we need to, just, we need, we need some, we need to, we need some, we need some caffeine up in here. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to do a begins that don't suck off the, off the head. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Just count to 30 in your head. Noah's going to do it this time. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Yep. All right. Mosquitoes cause more suffering. Listeners, than any other organism. Yeah. Around a million people worldwide die from mosquito-borne diseases every year. Mm-hmm. Not only do they affect humans, Adam. Yep. But they infect dogs, too. Oh, no. Okay? So, how can we get rid of this horrible, horrible pest? Yeah. And should we? Mosquitoes are also a food source for lots of fish, frogs, and lots of life. And they pollinate a lot. So, should we? That's amazing. Okay. And that was off the top of my head. How did I do? You did fantastic. A+. plus. What's our theme? Okay. Our theme, our theme for this episode is mosquitoes. Sick. Sick fucking theme. Fuck mosquitoes. Fuck mosquitoes. Our, the- <laughs> our theme is fuck mosquitoes, honestly. They fucking suck. Uh, all right. No, they suck you, really bad. Can you tell us about the state of suffering caused by mosquitoes? Absolutely. Like, why are they so bad? Okay. So, ev- so every year, nearly 700 million people contract a mosquito-borne disease. 700 million is about 9% of the world. Okay? So about, so about every year... 9% of the world contracts a mosquito-borne disease, which is insane. A, b- a million people die, okay? And just to put this in context, compare it to 94,000 from snakes, mm-hmm. okay? How many do you think die from dogs transmitting rabies? Uh, I don't know, a couple thousand? 50, 55,000, which was way more than I thought, actually. That's rabies? Rabies dog bites? Rabies dog bites. Oh, my God. Yeah. How many people die from scorpions? Uh, a thousand. 3,250. Oh my God. How what? many people die from shark attacks, Adam? Every year? Yeah. 10? That was pretty good. Six. This is all according to the World Health Organization. So you can see mosquitoes, they cause a million deaths. They are, un- they are by far the most deadly organism. Yeah. Let's kill them. Yeah. Get them out of here. You ever, been, you ever been on a hike or somewhere that you're trying to enjoy? Yeah. And then there's mosquitoes and it's like impossible to enjoy. Absolutely. They fucking blow. They blow. Mm-hmm. All right. From 1916, interesting fact, from 1916 to, tw- to 2016, mosquitoes actually killed pe- more people per day, 1,470, than sharks killed people in, that, in the entire 100 years. Wow. How much was it a day? 1,470? Okay, so, so from data from 1916 to 2016, every day a mosquito kills 1,470 people. That, a mosquito-borne disease. That's how deadly it is. is that more than, okay? That's more than Rona at this point. Yeah. 
in that in that entire 100 years, mm-hmm. Adam, in the entire 100 years, yeah, only 1,035 people were killed by sharks. So basically, a mosquito kills more per day than a shark. Sharks do in 100 years. My God. Yeah. These things suck ass. Bill, as as Bill Gates tweeted, I'm yeah. reading because the Bill Gates and Melinda and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, they're up in the mosquito. They're game. up in the mosquito game. They are a lot of their. Uh, so they donate like 500 million dollars to worldwide disease diseases, and a lot of that is fighting malaria from mosquitoes. Bill Gates hates mosquitoes. Yeah, not a fan. Fan yeah, of Microsoft. That's actually, that's not a, a fan of the mosquitoes. That's actually where I got that shark stat from Bill Gates's Twitter. Really? Yeah, <laughs> they hate mosquitoes. They're up in the game. Okay, World Mosquito Day is held on August 20th every year. It's the anniversary of Sir Ronald Ross's discovery that female mosquitoes transmit malaria between humans. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1902 for his work. Okay, Adam, the main is disease... Is it males that don't bite? It's the female. The female that bites, right? I'm not sure about every single species, but males I do... Males don't suck. Males don't suck the blood. Males don't... The females are the one that transmits the diseases. Right. That's yeah. what I know. Yeah. yeah females okay the main the main diseases that mosquito transmits being namely malaria chikungunya mm-hmm. that's definitely how you say it dog heartworm I, th- I was surprised by this i didn't know that they transmitted heartworm dog heartworm the heart heartworm for your dog do you yeah. have heart you've heartworm yeah. medicine from yeah yeah did you know that mosquitoes transmit that no no i didn't know that i didn't know it was mosquito born i didn't know that at all yeah dengue fever dengue had that yeah, 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 I want. I want to talk about that. Yellow fever, Zika mm-hmm. virus, and West Nile virus. There are more, but those are the those are the main bad boys. Okay. Right. I want to. I want to talk about two. I want to talk about malaria yep. because it it is caused the most suffering in the world, and then I want to talk about dengue because dengue. About yellow, is the, how about why not yellow fever? Because yellow. I, fever. I just want to touch on two because malaria is the most worldwide suffering, and then dengue is the fastest growing. What is the disease that killed everyone in the Panama Canal? It's malaria, probably. Gotta be malaria. Yeah, man. Why don't you talk about dengue fever? You had wait. I, I know people are gonna think this is ridiculous. Adam had dengue fever. Yeah. Uh, talk about it. Quick talk about the dengue fever. So I just want to say that I got much better medical treatment than ninety nine percent of people get in uh, Southeast Asia when they get dengue fever. You were in Southeast Asia when you got it, right? Yeah. We we would go through these villages and people who had dengue, they were just laid out on wooden boards to sweat it out. So that's not what the uh, with with the soft the soft white boy who came to Southeast Asia got he got his own hospital room, okay in a in a Vietnamese hospital. I was there for five days uh, on IV, just getting pumped full of minerals and vitamins. Were you hallucinating? Yeah, I was hallucinating. We were I was watching going through the um, I was going through the wire at the time, and uh, I just like thought like Omar was in the in the room with me, and it was like, it was a it was a, you know like a half sleep feeling when you're half awake and half sleeping. Neo. <laughs> you're here thank god yeah thank yeah. god we've been waiting for you it, yeah it was a Zion's neo, under attack it was a neo like mystical experience yeah when you you know you can't sleep because you're thinking about something so hard it just kind of like it was like a half sleep for five days Wake the first couple days i don't dreaming. really i don't really remember the first couple days but we i was on a plane with friends and uh they they were trying not to let me on the plane because of the sickness which now you know with rona right makes a lot more sense obviously right right um, so I got on the plane and then we went straight to a hospital. I don't really remember that much of it. If, if you're a poor Southeast Asian, you just get laid out and, and you get dengue. What, where, where, what happens to you? What's your treatment? Usually lay down and sweat it out for 10 days. Uh, which basically I, I did the same thing, but I was, I was on an IV. So I had fluids, uh, which is super important. I was about so, to say, I can imagine they die from dehydration. Absolutely. Yeah. Diarrhea, dehydration for sure. Um, cooler, cooler trench coat. Okay. Yep. Neo Morpheus 
or Blade Runner? Who's who's trench coat in Blade Runner? Which the Blade fucking Runner? main dude, Ryan Gosling. Ryan G, the Ryan, new Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, Ryan G. Morpheus has the coolest trench coat. Mm, I like Ryan G's. Okay, so talking talking about talking about malaria. Nothing more, nothing more, no, you know, kind of edgy punky than a nice trench coat. Nothing more edgy punky. Yeah, should give it to give it to our friends at the coffee shop. Maybe they'll talk to us then. Yeah, they're not really edgy punky though. I think that they would like that. I think that they could turn into that. They would, they would, they would like that. They're more like an emo, not edgy, a softy emo. I think if we wore trench coats when we went in, there's more probability of them talking to us or remembering our names. The most widespread of these diseases, Adam, is malaria. Yeah. Okay. These following facts again are according to the World Health 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 Organization. Don't hate the messenger. Yeah, guys. Okay. Hate the skeeter. Malaria is an ancient disease, actually being described by the Chinese as early as 2,700 BC. So this 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 a hole malaria has been around for forever. Symptoms usually begin ten to fifteen days after the bite and include fever, headache, vomiting, and fatigue. Most most susceptible to this are children under five. Okay, oh, no. and that's the big problem because yep. there's a huge mortality rate for these children. According to an article published in 2003 on the Journal of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene, the mort- mortality rate of a child this age that contracts this can be over 35 percent. So you can imagine, oh my God, being a Wait, parent, thirty-five in a developing country. Or is yeah, it, yes, yeah. This is in the trop- so, so, tropical yeah. zone. So good question, Adam. So here's here's another thing. Malaria is most prevalent in in the tropical zone, middle of the equator. Okay, and it's been highly linked malaria to poverty rate. Okay. So 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 basically, before in in 1850, before when we had a ton of malaria here, it was killing the U.S. economically. Oh, we had we used we, to have malaria. Yes. Yes. So we actually. So when we get into should we get rid of mosquitoes, one thing I want to mention is that we did get rid of mosquitoes in, in the in developed countries and in most of Europe. Yeah. We had malaria born mosquitoes here. Not as much as the tropics. Where in Florida and in the south? Everywhere. Flor- Florida, the Atlantic. I mean, I guess we do have mosquitoes like in Wyoming. Yeah, and- yeah, across across the US. But we okay. we were a, we got rid of them. We were able we we, did? Yeah, we were able to get rid of them. How? Uh, through the use of insecticide and honestly, just modern shit, modern buildings, modern air conditioners, screens, oh, just not being outside as much. Yeah. Okay. And and D and, and DDT basically the insecticide. Yeah, I mean, I've worked in places in the U.S. Yeah. where there's tons of mosquitoes. So, so anyway, we we had malaria mosquitoes here. We we were able to get rid of them. Okay, and it's been a great choice for us. Mm-hmm. So malaria is is highly linked to poverty. Because it's very hard to be economically stable if you have malaria running rampant across your country. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. 40% of the world is susceptible to malaria, mostly in the tropical to subtropical regions, as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's by and large been eradicated here. DDT, insecticides, elevated living conditions, air conditioners, window screens. There are 500 million cases of malaria a year, or about 7% of the world's population. Seven percent of the world's population gets malaria every year. Now, malaria has a um. Wait, do you not like that? Did you not like that stat? Seven seven percent of the world's population gets malaria every year. That's crazy. It's seven percent gets malaria. Seven percent of people get malaria every year. Is it all like the you're you're down in bed kind? You're you're out of commission. Well, it affects everyone differently. Okay, but is the, isn't there a um? What's it called? A preventative preventative medicine for malaria? Quinine. Yes. No, but there is like a. That's like there's the tra- anti-malarial pills you can take, right? To become immune? Quinine is the treatment for malaria. Yeah. And I'm not sure about the anti-malaria pills. It's a good, that's a good point. I know that before I went to Vietnam, I took anti-malarial pills. Really? Yeah. 
to because that stop you totally from getting malaria? Um, I yeah, I think that it, you build up antibodies to it. This is a good question to ask our guest coming up. I think there is preventative medicine for malaria. I don't think there is one for some of the other. For dengue, there isn't one. But okay. I think there is for malaria. That's a very good point. But obviously, in a developing country, you might not be able to afford it slash that, have access to that's it. That's my thing. Obviously, they, they seem to not be able to... Because they can't even get quinine. Okay. Yeah. So so they, they seem to not be able what to... What does quinine do besides being dr- drinking by our great-grandmother? Just ma- it makes you better. It makes you better faster. It's Lessens a, tr- the it's mortality a real treatment? Rate. Yeah, it's treatment. Oh, okay. Lessens the mortality rate of malaria. Okay, so there are 500 million cases of malaria a year again. 7% of the world's population. 7% of the world. So we're really... We're are not, they, they're not all hospitalized, though. Are they? That's 7%. Well, this is, the, this is the thing, is that malaria is so deadly because it, it is in these regions where there's tons of poverty. Okay, so yeah. they don't... And as you found with dengue, when you mm-hmm. were in Southeast Asia, when yeah. you got dengue, you went to the hospital. Yeah. When a Southeast Asian gets dengue, where do they go? They go to the floor. They could just lay on the floor. Right, so well, they, I mean, we don't. There's not medical. If medical, you're not in a city, that's if you're not in a city. There's I mean, not cities of hospitals. There's not modern medical treatment widespread in these areas in the countryside. Problem. No. Yeah, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation again, five hundred million dollars. Most yeah. of it is going to this, to try and stop this. Interesting mm. fact. Wow. So malaria is what you're saying is it's so bad it actually exacerbates the poverty and the poverty. Exactly. It's a double edged thing. Double edged. Poverty sword. exacerbates the malaria. Malaria exacerbates the poverty. Absolutely. Yeah. A vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting fact. Why, why, so when you think about bloodborne diseases, think about really bad diseases, mm-hmm. why can't HIV be transmitted by mosquitoes? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I, 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 look, I looked into this. Okay. So HIV can't be transmitted by mosquitoes because instead of infecting the mosquito all over itself. So like when the mosquito gets, gets the malaria, yeah. when it bites a human with, with malaria, the whole mosquito gets infected mm. and then actually it finally goes into its salivary glands. And that's how it reinfects you. Oh, okay. The whole mosquito gets infected yeah. with malaria. Yeah. The malaria goes across the whole mosquito's body. For some reason, it's able to travel across the whole mosquito. Yep. Okay. With, with HIV, mm-hmm. um, it like the mosquito like digests it away for some reason. So mosquito get mosquito sucks someone's blood with that's HIV positive gets the HIV the mosquito digests the HIV and it doesn't go to its salivary glands. Okay, so only only some diseases go to its salivary glands. Right, and those are the ones that are the worst. And that's the one that comes out of its proboscis. Salivary glands of mouth. Yeah, mouth. Salivary proboscis. proboscis. It's little stick. It's penis. It's mouth penis. Yeah. Yep. Adam, yep. these things obviously suck. How can we get rid of them? Wow, they suck way worse than I thought. I know they actually suck way worse, way worse than I thought. Seven percent of the world, and but that's in Seven. in basically forty percent of the world's land area. Very good, yeah. yeah. In forty percent, in forty percent of the world's land area, so it's rampant right. in these countries. Um, I'm really surprised I didn't take more precautions with all the times I've been to Asia and whatnot. Yeah, it's 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 really bad, and and I I apologize. I I missed I missed dengue fever. Can I touch on dengue fever? Sure, yeah. Um. The fastest growing and most alarming one is dengue fever. Okay. Yeah. The reason why is that it's increased eight times, eightfold, or eight, eight times magnitude over the last two decades. Mm-hmm. They're now an estimated 100 to 400 million cases a year. Um, the other problem is that there are four distinct types, types of dengue, mm-hmm. meaning that if you live in a dengue fever infested area, you can get dengue fever four times. Yeah. You can literally get four times dengue. So the one you had actually, dengue, has been, is the fastest growing. And that's the one that scientists are very afraid of. Because it just seems to be growing out of control. Uh, I believe that it, you're more susceptible to it once you get it for the first time. That's awful. I remember the doctor coming in and giving me my, my platelet count every day. It was down 
because that's like uh, how Plate you can pen? tell that your yeah that's how you can tell that your body is recovering platelet like per a certain area of your body mm-hmm. and it was down like uh seven or eight times what it should have been were you watching the wire and you were like hallucinating about wire characters yeah i was listening about the wire and and ordering food and also hallucin- trying to figure out the insurance like fuckery that was happening um with being in a foreign country jesus yep okay how do we get rid of them um okay let's talk about gene drives noah talk about tell me about gene drives okay Gene drives are this crazy new technology that enable offspring to inherit something much faster than they would normally in the wild. Duh. So, for example, these three genes have been identified that when mutated can lead to infertility in females, female mosquitoes, that is. To become infertile, the female must inherit two mutated copies of this gene. So normally this would be weeded out quickly, right, through the natural selection process because if you can't, breed right then you're not going to be able to breed pass on your genes right so you can't breed if you're infertile and thus you can't pass it on however this gene drive technology what it does is the offspring only inherit one copy instead of two of the mutated gene so what happens is somehow a gene drive you have two strands of chromosomes the gene drive cuts one and takes the gene from the other one and replaces it into the cut one. So now you have two mutated genes. It basically takes one mutated gene and automatically makes it two mutated genes and thereby makes the mosquito infertile. So they can pass down one and then that one gene automatically becomes two, which makes them infertile because you need two mutated, mutated genes to become infertile. So the the nitty gritty aside, okay, the basic idea here is to engineer a species that either does not reproduce or resists carrying diseases like malaria or yellow fever, and it makes it easier for them to pass it on a gene drive. Okay, and and so so pass but by pass it on like they but they're infertile. Is it the first generation that's infertile? The yeah they're infertile. Okay, but they can still pass it on because they're only passing on one gene, which once they pass on, it splits into two. And so it, it they do eventually become infertile, but only after it takes out like a grandson, you know, daughter, granddaughter. It takes out like four generations and then they all become infertile and it takes out like a big population. At once? Yeah, like that. So it trickles down through the, through the generations? Trickles down. So yeah. are, do they reproduce before it like affects them? Um, yes. Yeah. So how effective it? So it doesn't. So in, very in the wild, when they did a wild test, when 600 mosquitoes were released into the wild, with half of them carrying the infertility gene, after four generations, 75 percent of the mosquitoes harbored the mutation to be infertile. Okay, and then they stopped breeding, and then they died. Okay, so how effective was that? Though? It's extremely ineffective. Gene drive isn't just for uh, infertility. You said ineffective or effective? Very effective. Okay. Gene drive isn't just for infertility. Gene, a gene drive is for any any way you want to edit a species. It's like if you were in, in Photoshop and you had a mosquito, a gene drive is like the Photoshop. It's like how you edit something. That's okay. the technology. But they're using it for infertility, but you can also use it for other things. So the controversy with this being, um, obviously, you're, if you're able to edit entire populations, it has dire consequences. Kevin Eastfelt, uh, one of the scientists working on the project, says that, well, he says technologies like this have real world consequences for people's lives that can be nearly immediate because it's so effective. 
So the U.S. Department of Defense is so concerned about the ability to edit genes like this and someone like a terrorist attacking us in this way that they invested $65 million in 2017 to study how to control, counter, and reverse these gene drives. How would someone attack attack you with it? Like in a gas or something? Why? Wh- what if someone like injected a population with a mutation that was like, you won't be able to like eat or something but how would they get it into the population that's what i mean like these mosquitoes like they're like made in a lab what if they fucking give it to the mosquitoes to give to the people oh i see yeah or what if they injected they like abducted people and i don't know and injected it uh, injected it into people when they abducted them and they bred and like, or, bred or something injected, stupid injected into mosquitoes to be like to make people infertile yeah that would be fucking awful or that yeah exactly so i don't know the department of defense is freaked out about it okay why isn't this being why isn't why aren't we going full board with this to get, kill all the mosquitoes that, that blow. Why aren't we going down to malaria zones and, and gene driving okay. mosquitoes? Great segue. So where are we with this, right? Yeah. This is, this is the gene, gene drive technology is, again, funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So Bill's got his hand fucking in all the Bill. fucking mosquito That's shit. That's right. Um, in this February, early February, an Italian lab began releasing hundreds of genetically modified mosquitoes into an enclosure that mimics the natural environment to test what would happen because they're very, very worried that editing a uh the gene pool of a mosquito or an animal is going to lead to some horrible consequences that we haven't thought about so they're testing 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 even if it works um a geneticist at the lab his name is tony nolan says that we are still at least five years away from an actual release in a place like uh africa or something like that why because they're so worried about something fucked up happening Uh, okay when we edit the genes I, i was actually thinking about that with with uh like with this stuff yeah. And then with like, you know, so like HIV right now, it cannot be transmitted by mosquitoes. Yeah. But you can imagine how terrifying it would be if we released mosquitoes to like stop malaria and then they started transmitting HIV. Oh my God. That's why this shit can be, it can go so yeah, exactly. wrong. Exactly. It can right? go so utterly wrong. Right. Okay. Right. It's really, the gene drive is really cutting edge and it's, it's, it's just so effective at wiping out these populations or completely editing uh, the, the gene pool. And we just don't know what it's going to do. Like, are yeah. the mosquitoes, they're worried, like, are the mosquitoes actually holding up some of these environments, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa? They're not sure. Or right. in the tropics. And so, are they just continuing to test with more and more things? Yes. More and more variables to make sure that it doesn't fuck anything? More and more. So, yeah. That brings me to the World Mosquito Program, which Let's is kind it. of leading the testing. Okay. Um, and a different kind of, a, kind of a little bit of a shift from something as complicated as a gene drive. They're using something more naturally occurring called Wolbachia which is a natural bacteria found in up to 60% of insect species. Uh, so it's a lot less complicated. Mosquitoes with Wolbachia have a reduced ability to transmit these diseases to people because once the bacteria comes into the body, it competes with viruses like Zika, like dengue, like yellow fever. So the World Mosquito Program uh, breeds Wolbachia-carrying mosquitoes specifically. And it then releases these mosquitoes into the wild. He's, it's released mosquitoes into these little test communities in rural Africa to uh, good results. Okay. And this is, this is, it just, this is not the gene drive. Right. 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 In the, in the, in, in the mosquito, the Wolbachia method is that in the mosquito, basically the thing that they inject them with competes with the virus and makes them not pass it down. Yeah. 60% of insect species already have Wolbachia. So it's something oh, that's it's re- a kind of bacteria. It's a Wolbachia. Yeah. It's, it's the thing. Yeah. It's really common in insects. And this is this bacteria fights the diseases naturally, so it makes it harder for the diseases to be passed on. Uh, it's much simpler than a gene drive editing a population. 
injecting them with this bacteria and breeding that is much easier. Okay, so where are we at with this? So it's still in test. We're still in test. Yeah, we're still in test. We're testing and releasing slowly. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, this is, once again, funded by Bill and Melinda, so they're fucking up in this shit. They're totally up in this shit. Uh, so, okay, so that's how we might get rid of them a couple ways. Noah, should we get rid of mosquitoes? So better than answering, should we exterminate slash should we not exterminate ourselves? We're going to bring in a professor, in other words, a true man of the science, to help us figure out the question of whether mosquito eradication is a good thing or a bad thing, or if that is even a good question to be asking at all in the first place. And to get to that answer, we are going to learn a lot more about mosquito ecology specifically and their role on the planet at large. So our international man of the science today is Professor Lawrence Reeves. Lawrence is an entomologist at the Florida Medical Entomology Lab. In a bit simpler layman's terms, Lawrence studies mosquitoes, specifically their behavior, oddities, and special place on this planet. And I tried really hard, believe me, to chop this interview down, but it was just too interesting. It was too damn good, okay? Trust me. So in this 25 minutes with Lawrence, we talk about gene drives, mosquito ecology, how mosquitoes evolve, and what we can learn from their blood meals. Okay, here's Lawrence. I'll see you on the other side. But like, what is your opinion on, because I, I feel like when I did the reason, when I was looking into it, like, should we get rid of mosquitoes? It seemed like the consensus consensus is that we should get rid of the the ones that suck, basically. But what is your, what yeah. are your thoughts? You know a lot more than me. What are your thoughts? I mean, I agree with that. There, there's People throw around these ideas, like talking about getting rid of all mosquitoes. And I mean, a, a lot of these new uh, techniques for getting rid of mosquitoes, they're generally species specific. So uh, we're not going to, or at this point, it's unlikely that we're going to get rid of mosquitoes as a whole. Like there's 3,500 species of them. Right. Um, and so each of these, like the like gene drives or these genetically modified mosquitoes that they're putting out, these are all designed for specific species. And those guys definitely should go away. Uh, so these are things like Aedes aegypti, uh, Aedes albopictus, and then some of the Anopheles vectors of, of malaria. And so with these mosquitoes, like first, first, many of them are invasive, like Aedes aegypti and Aedes albopictus. They're not supposed to be here where they're causing all these problems. Uh, aegypti is coming from Africa or originally came from Africa and albopictus originally came from Asia. And so they've kind of spread across the, the throughout the tropics and into the um, more northern latitudes, more northern and more southern latitudes. Um, but they're not supposed to be in many of the places where they are. So it's like those things we should definitely like scratch off um but then people like when, when you talk about getting rid of all mosquitoes like there's a ton of mosquitoes out there that aren't touching humans at all they're feeding on things like frogs or birds uh then you have some mosquitoes that don't feed from humans or from uh uh hosts or that, that don't feed from blood that don't feed on blood at all yeah they're a vegetarian right right essentially. yeah pretty much yeah yeah that, um that's crazy what, what's the percentage of yeah mosquitoes mosquitoes are vegetarian, vegetarian? I mean, it, it's small. It, most mosquitoes are feeding from blood, um, but um, I would say probably probably less than ten percent, probably less than five percent. Um, and then, so I mean, some of some of these that are feed, that are veg, like that are vegetarian, like when they are larvae, uh, they are not vegetarian, and they are like hardcore predators of some of these bad mosquitoes. So these mosquitoes are actually right, beneficial. Right, right. I heard that. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, the one here in the U.S. that we often talk about is uh, one called Toxorhynchites rutilus. Uh, so it's like common names are dumb, but 
you but it's all it also goes by the common names elephant mosquito cannibal mosquito um i think there's a few others um but so this mosquito like it, it's huge it's the largest mosquito we have in our area uh it hang it, the larvae are in the same places as things like 80s aegypti and 80s elephictus uh and their larvae they they just want to eat all the all the mosquito larvae they can uh, they'll eat other things that, that are in the same habitats as well uh but they really like to eat other mosquitoes and so then these guys emerge from the larval and pupal state and then uh, fly away as adults. And those guys never take a blood meal. They, they feed only from nectar. And they, and they eat the bad mosquito. And they eat the bad mosquitoes. So, so those guys are the These guys rock? Ever. Yeah, these guys fucking rock. Yeah, great. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so, and they're cool, too. They're like, they're like, like, they're like the blue, for, they're more colorful than most of the other mosquitoes that we have in our area so it's like not only are they beneficial but they're also like cool to look at and cool to have around yeah they're just the greatest it's just it's just the matthew mcconaughey mosquito yeah <laughs> it's the greatest Wait, why are they cool to look at do they have like extra long legs or some some cool proboscis kind of thing no they're, they're like metallic uh green blue and purple oh sick is this your favorite yeah. mosquito would you say uh, oh man as a no, mosquitoist so, uh... <laughs> So as a mosquitoist, uh, my favorite is this one uh, from Southern Arizona. Uh, this it's called '80s Papago. I've only ever collected one individual, but this mosquito in general like hasn't been collected a bunch of times. It's 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 really unknown. Uh, so uh, it took me a couple of years of like like running around in the desert looking for these things to to find one specimen. Oh so damn! If, yeah, like I mean, mosquitoes are diverse. Like they. Um, they're not all like super abundant and uh, super interested in biting people. Uh, many of them like, like, I don't know, I'm a big nerd. So like, like these little, these hard to find poorly known mosquitoes are the ones that I get really excited about. I love it. A con you're a connoisseur. You're a mosquito connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> so when a mosquito lands on you, are you just, are you like, ah, like the rest of us? Or are you just like, oh, hello, my friend. So I mean, it's kind of a combination. I'm definitely uh -huh. like, oh, hello, and I look at it and see what it what it is, and then I usually kill it. That's so uh, cool. Especially, like like here here in Vero Beach, uh, here in Florida, we've got in some parts we've got both 80s Aegypti and 80s Elephictus. Uh, so bad I've got boys. a ton of those. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a ton of those in my yard. Like I grow carnivorous plants, so these yes. plants are like always having to sit in water. Um, and while these plants consume a bunch of mosquitoes and, and other insects they're also producing like a ton uh so they're they're all over in my yard for example like the most common ones are 80s aegypti and 80s elephictus uh but then there's maybe five others that will be abundant at certain times of the year um and less abundant at others so i i mean again it depends where you are if you're in a forest you might find more species and then we've also got like sometimes there will also be these big emergences of like like just huge abundances of individual species. So like if you go to the Everglades, for example, uh, you're going to have like hundreds of 80s team Eurynchus, the, the black salt marsh mosquito trying to land on you um, and very few others. Um, but then like, you, like for in my yard, you probably have more mosquito species landing on you than you do a place like the Everglades. Um, but then if you go into like a temperate forest or even the desert at night, um, uh, there'll be, there'll be a decent diversity. Generally it's about five, I would say on average about five species that are trying to get you <laughs> okay. at, a, at any one time. It's not too many. So I, I like when you're, when you're working at the university of Florida on like molecular ecology, like, can you explain like what to, cause I tried to read 
you have the bio on University of Florida, and I tried to read it like five times, and I just like can't I can't understand it. So I can get the gist of it, but like molecular ecology, like what do you work on daily? Okay, so the the two things that I work on daily are blood meal analysis of mosquitoes. Um, and using this kind of the same techniques that we use to identify, uh, blood meals to identify mosquitoes. Okay. Uh, so pretty much mosquito identification and host identification. Um, and for both of those, we're using DNA barcoding. So for the blood meal analysis, what we're doing is kind of Jurassic Park style going out, collecting mosquitoes that have fed from hosts. We, we sift through like the hundreds or thousands of mosquitoes that we collect and we pull out the handful of blood fed individuals. We extract DNA from that and then use that DNA to identify what animal they've fed from. And then okay. for the for the mosquito identification, it's it's a, it's a similar process. Only we're not looking at the uh, host DNA; we're looking at the mosquito's DNA. Got you. Okay. Adam? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, yeah now, now I get it. No, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> to get a little bit bigger picture with it. Are you so you are in support of eradicating these kind of bad boy mosquitoes or just yes. replacing them? Yeah, okay, you said yes. Why yes? Yeah, I mean, so so take Aedes aegypti for example. So they cause immense amounts of human suffering and they like reduce the productivity of a society. Yeah, um, like these are mosquitoes. So in, in this case, so Aedes aegypti is transmitting dengue, Zika, chikungunya, yellow fever. Um, these mosquitoes are very closely associated with humans. Like they, you will find Aedes aegypti in human-dominated areas, and you will not find them in the forest. So, like, they follow a, a us. question. Fuckers. Well, they they, they I, I wouldn't so much say that they follow us. Like they have just evolved alongside humans, and so now we're at a point where they are. They're kind of like the uh, pigeons or brown rat, black rats of um, uh, of mosquitoes. Like like you got to a forest and you don't see pigeons. Right, uh, right, right. Aedes right. aegypti is like yeah. So so Aedes aegypti is like the the uh, the mosquito equivalent of of a pigeon. Uh, they their larvae are in general found in human made containers. Oh, so wow. like things like the things like the bases of, of the pots for my carnivorous plants. Yeah. Like that's the kind of place that they love to lay their eggs. Damn uh, also like trash. You go into the tropic. Yeah, I know. It's it's trouble if you grow if you want to grow Good for the carnivorous plants. plants. So it just like they grow under it then it just eats them. Yeah, in, in some cases, yeah. Like, I mean, so, uh, enough of them get, escape, but, like, uh, I've definitely found 80s by, like, stuck to sundews uh, and feeding from my pitcher plants. Um, that's awesome. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting that they've they've kind of co- I didn't realize that, that they've kind of, like, co-evolved with us, and they're not in areas that we're not. So they're, yeah. they're so, really, like, dependent on feeding from us. Yeah, so, so Aedes aegypti in particular, uh, the majority of their blood meals are coming from humans. Um, Aedes albopictus is a little bit more, so that's the Asian tiger mosquito. Uh, that's another non-native vector for uh, similar pathogens. Um, that one feeds a little bit more from other animals, uh, but Aedes aegypti in particular is just like super like specialized to feed, to feed and live alongside humans. Okay. What, what percentage of like the the general mosquitoes of the world are bad boy mosquitoes that we need to eradicate. Few. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there are probably fewer than 10 that really cause the, right. um, uh, like the human suffering. Okay. And so you're just saying what well, we need to get rid of those, not the rest of the mosquito kingdom. Yes. Correct. Okay. Um, but when I like, 
when I look stuff up about like should we when I research like should we eradicate mosquitoes, the thing that keeps popping up is like the is the Arctic because I guess the Arctic is one of the most de- mosquito dependent environments. Um, is that is is that true? And what could eradicating some of these species do to the Arctic, if if anything, if maybe maybe not? Well, I mean, so. so... I've seen that also where people often cite the Arctic. I don't know if they are like, I mean, so so in the Arctic, you have a few mosquitoes. You don't have very many, but you have a few mosquito species that become extremely abundant at certain times of the year. Um, So like their biomass is is pretty incredible out there. Um, But but it's like over there, it's like everything is kind of condensed. Like as adults, the mosquitoes are probably only flying for less than a month out of the year um uh so with these mosquitoes uh things kind of expect them so like i haven't spent any time in the arctic so i don't have as much experience working with these with these mosquitoes and these ecosystems but what i imagine is that in these habitats you have things like nesting birds that time their nesting uh to large emergences of of mosquitoes uh and you like they can also affect um uh caribou uh so i I think that's all one of the things that's often cited too is that caribou will change their behavior like depending on what's going on with the mosquitoes uh they will like move up and down in elevation i think they'll even like um move in directions uh, perpendicular to the wind uh or like into the wind rather um so that mosquitoes can't Mm. feed on them as well yeah um so these are all kind of ways that mosquitoes like impact or affect other other organisms that are that are living in their same environments um, one thing that we don't know about or we don't know enough about in the the arctic and beyond is what kind of pathogens are moving are being spread among animals and mosquitoes so like like with humans like you can i you can make a really strong case that mosquitoes are the group of animals that have impacted humans the most out of all the wild animals out there yeah um i think for and, sure. and so yeah, I, I mean, I do too, but I, it's just like I've never, I've never like seen any data on any of this, you know. So it, it's like we've studied mosquitoes as vectors of human pathogens pretty intensively, but these mosquitoes—they're not just vectoring human uh, pathogens or diseases; um, they're vectoring all kinds of stuff among all kinds of animals. So every, like, I, I would say that everything that they're feeding from there's some pathogen that the mosquitoes are moving around or moving around or helping to move around. Like I know frogs, uh, have have you heard of Chagas disease? No, no. So Chagas, Chagas disease, it's not transmitted by mosquitoes, but it's transmitting by uh, kissing bugs or it's a kind of assassin bug. Um, It's mostly down in, in, um, uh, in the tropics. So that, the organism that causes that disease, Chagas disease, is uh, Trypanosoma cruzi. Um, and it, like people suspect that Charles Darwin had this, uh, and it just in general sucks. Um, but so there are other species of Trypanosoma that are ve- that are vectored by mosquitoes. Uh, among so the mosquitoes are feeding on these frogs, right? right. And these frogs have this parasite, Trypanosoma, uh, a different species of Trypanosoma, and that's getting moved around via mosquitoes um, uh, from frog to frog. So we don't like it's like with stuff like that we don't know we don't have any idea what kind of impacts these pathogens are having on these like non-human hosts. Yeah. Uh, there's there's all different kinds of malarias too. Like so, pla- human malaria is caused by a few species of Plasmodium, 
but there's tons of plasmodium species out there. There's there's even like lizard malarias, for example, and deer malaria. Oh really? God! Um, okay. Yeah. So, so it's like it's like we know that mosquitoes have had a tremendous impact on humans, uh, but I don't think it's very well known, or or it's not well known, or uh, I don't think appreciated what kinds of impacts they might be having on other animals and therefore ecosystems. Oh, okay. So like the, the, these things are, these pathogens are going to spread most readily when uh, populations of certain species are high. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they could be important in, in helping just kind of keep populations in check and helping to keep populations in check. I, I mean, in part, some of it is, it depends on like the, the types of mosquitoes that are around. Uh, so like the, Aedes hyorhynchus was, and to an extent it still is, one of the big problem mosquitoes in the state. Like, um, it isn't a great vector for, for pathogens, but it just becomes, it can be so abundant uh, when it has, like, the right conditions that it can make things miserable. Um, but, so, with that, it's just we learned really well how to control it and how to at least keep its, keep its populations, like, held back to an extent. Yeah, and is this from like getting rid of the stagnant pools that they that they breed in? So it, it, some mosquitoes are what we call floodwater mosquitoes. Like they lay their eggs in the on the ground, uh, in places where they expect water to eventually be. Uh, so like if you have some of these coastal marshes here in Florida, it's like on a strong tide, or uh, in some cases following big rain events, like you'll get a big like you'll get a big area of land that suddenly is flooded. Um, not flooded like, uh, like, like flooded by a couple inches of water, for example. Um, in those cases, or that, that flood, that water that's flooding triggers those eggs to hatch, uh, in mass. So like you'll all of a sudden just have these, all, all these eggs hatching, the larvae will develop quickly and then, um, uh, and then you'll have uh, an emergence of adults. Yeah. Is it, is it, so you're, no, you're talking about Costa Rica and Larry, you're talking about mosquitoes in, in the Everglades. Is it natural to have that big of a swarm of mosquitoes? Is that like what we expect for that environment? I I mean, again, it depends where you are. Like, so these salt marsh mosquitoes are tied pretty closely to these salt marsh habitats. Um, Down in, down in Costa Rica, was this, was this forest like along the coast or was it? um, It was actually, it was actually inland. Really, I so I'd love to know what mosquitoes were um were, were out there. I'd love to know um, so we can kill them. I hate them my more than my <laughs> fucking enemy. But but so I mean in, the, in in a case like that, it could be that like you just were there at the wrong time, and so like when you have these big emergences, especially in like forested areas, like like we have other mosquitoes that will get really abundant at certain times of the year, uh, following like big rains. Um, so it could have been something like that where uh where you were there during like a mass emergence or were you there for a longer period of time and there was yeah. always bad it was called i just remember it was called barra honda barra honda um so it was really bad i want to say in in this in the in the summer it was really 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 bad um and i remember it was like i i started bringing this like this because we, we would do like bat research so we were going out there at night cool. to, to yeah it was really cool to research the bats um, and so during it, like we would set up the nets that we would like catch a bat, look at it and like, let it go. So when we set up the nets, we would wait for like 30 minutes. We'd just be sitting around getting absolutely annihilated by mosquitoes. Oh man. Um, I would, I would love to know they were, they were, it was horrifying. It was to blood feed. It takes like this, like immaculate evolution and like adaptation to be able to take a blood, take blood from a, uh, 
from a living vertebrate host. Like if if a male mosquito, if, if you force fed a male mosquito blood, it would kill it. Like it, that guy would die. Hmm. Um, so we can cover that in, in okay. a minute too, if if, if you want yeah, to be great. male versus females. Yeah. So um, so it takes like this, just this like like really exquisite adaptation to be able to feed from blood. Like uh, the temperature of blood can also like if, if if mosquitoes didn't have a way to deal with like the uh, temperature of warm of like a warm blooded host um that that would kill them too so so they have to overcome like they also have to overcome this immune response from the host too so right away as soon as like as soon as that mosquito nicks that capillary and like and starts feeding from blood uh like your body has an immune response to that mm -hmm. so the mosquito ha in the saliva it has to inject like these uh, it's it's almost like snake like snake venom but for a different purpose like proteins and 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 i I'm at the edge of my like knowledge of this, but like probably enzymes too. So it needs to inject stuff into you to like enable it to blood feed. Right. Um, and so where was I going with this? Uh, so like in order to, when they do that, um, your body also has an immune response to all this stuff that they're injecting. And that's why, that's why you itch. Yeah. Oh God. So, so each mosquito species has a unique like combination of these of these um, uh, compounds that they're putting into you, and uh, like at least in my case, uh, like being able to identify mosquitoes by looking at them, like I can see kind of the differences in reaction that I have to different bites. Like there's one one that we have here in uh, the eastern United States, uh, Culex erraticus. If I get bit by that, uh, like every bite has a little red dot, and right. so it looks like I have chicken pox. Like if if I've been bit by a lot of them. Um, comparatively, like other species, it's just like I have a welt for a little while, uh, and that goes away. Um, and then there's that, but then also individual, like human individuals differ in their response. Like some people, like, like for me in general, I have a welt, 10 minutes, it's gone. Um, all effects from it are gone. Uh, but some people like they have reactions where it sticks around for a long time. So, I mean, your, your, your bites could have been mosquitoes. Um, uh, but it just depends how you, how you react to them, I guess. Right. Um, I have a question about the kind of the evolution of mosquitoes. So what Noah was telling me earlier, and I knew nothing about this before we did this episode, is that some mosquitoes, they just feast on nectar, right? Not all mosquitoes feast on blood. So yep. is was it like an adaptation that they developed evolutionarily somewhere a long time to, to be like, oh, I like this blood thing. We should do that more often. Dude, uh, so I, I like I wish I had some great answers for you. Um, uh, so like mosquitoes first, the the earliest mosquito fossil that we have is from the mid Cretaceous, right? Uh, but we expect that they were present in the Jurassic and maybe even uh, the end of the Triassic. So uh, at those times, like the animals that the animals that they feed on now weren't particularly abundant or diverse. So um, so of course we had mammal, we had like the ancestors of mammals and um, uh, the like, like a lesser diversity of mammals compared to what we have today, right? Yeah. Uh, and then birds, of course, uh, like they, I, I don't know, I, like I wish I knew the evolution of theropod dinosaurs a little bit better, but uh, I don't think that they that the bird lineage had arrived until the Cretaceous. Again, I'm this is like at the edge of my like knowledge, right? But anyway, so um, back in the day, uh, mosquitoes were around when dinosaurs were around. They were around when like life on Earth was much different. 
So we don't have a good idea how of how blood feeding began with mosquitoes. Uh, one of the cool things that we recently figured out, um, this is something that we did up here uh, or up in Gainesville. Um, there, there's a mosquito we have called Uranotemia saffirina, um, and this mosquito, for the longest time, uh, no one has had any has had a great idea about what animals they feed from. Uh, yeah. You can go out and you can collect mm -hmm. them uh, blood bed, and so like the, like they have blood in them. But we've never been able to identify that blood. Okay. When okay. we use when we use kind of our standard like blood meal analysis techniques, uh, all of our results can't used to come back negative. Um, and so I got really frustrated, like trying to do like wasting all this time and like energy in the lab trying to figure out what what these things were feeding on. So I went out and I just hung out with these mosquitoes at night, like, like in a swamp. Mm -hmm. uh, like I found them. I wanted to just watch them. Dude, and see good if for I could you. Out what they were doing. It sounds miserable, dude, but good for you. What were they up to? Were they having? Oh, uh, dude, dude, I. I love I love this stuff. That's awesome. Um, but so but so they, they feed on earthworms, earth, oh, shit. earthworms and leeches. Yeah. So uh, like Damn. we don't know if that is a uh, an ancestral or a derived trait, right? So we don't know if that is like if them specializing on wor on worms and leeches. We don't know if that evolved from um, uh, mosquitoes that fed from uh, vertebrate hosts uh, or if. Or if uh, kind of vice versa, mosquitoes that feed on vertebrates evolved from ancestors that fed on things like worms and leeches. So, like, like to me, that's like one of the most interesting questions yeah. to learn how blood feeding in mosquitoes kind oh, of arose. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Absolutely, I would love to know. That'd Dude, so I know. Cool. So, well, so so one other piece of the puzzle. Um, th there's so the most closely related group of flies to mosquitoes, the caeborids. They're called the phantom midges. Um, they don't feed on blood at all, but those t mosquitoes and the caeborids, their most closely related uh, relatives uh, are the corothrellids, which are the frog biting midges. Um, and these are these little tiny kind of mosquito, like it's like a mosquito without uh, long proboscis. Mm -hmm. um, they feed exclusively from frogs um, and they find those frogs by flying around at night, listening for them. Um, so, um, whether that is a, like a big piece of the puzzle, we don't know. But it could be that back in the day, um, mosquitoes started feeding on things like frogs. There, there's all there's a bunch of other hypotheses about um, blood feeding in the group that led to the mosquitoes. Excuse me, uh, having originated from uh, plant like insects that had or flies that had evolved to uh, evolved mouth parts for piercing plants. Um, and then subsequently living in kind of close proximity to mammals or to uh, vertebrates, like, for example, in like nests or like underground burrows where they're just always in contact with vertebrates. So, I mean, we don't have a great idea how this how blood feeding evolved and like what kind of course it's taken. Uh, but hopefully in the next several years, we'll, we'll figure we'll, we'll learn more about it. OK, very cool. So you're, you're, these mosquitoes seem like they're very specialized hunters. Like some will go after frogs, some go after humans. Yeah, so, so they vary. The, there are definitely some that are generalists, okay. like the like that mosquito Culex raticus I mentioned. Yeah, like that thing feeds on every everything. Uh, like we we find uh, alligator DNA, uh, uh, all kinds of birds, all kinds of mammals, uh, all kinds of reptiles and amphibians. Okay. Um, but then you have, but then I think in most cases uh, there's some degree of specialization uh, in each mosquito species. Okay, so it depends. Gotcha. And so, and, yeah. and that's what you're looking at, right? Is like you're looking at like how the pathogens move through animal populations and and mosquitoes. 
And the way we identify those is we just copy and paste them into uh, it's it's like a search engine, okay. um, a database that uh, compares it to everything that's in it, and, and then it tells it, you like, what that DNA chain is. Cool. Yeah. So 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 it's like this is the best part of my job. I think it's it's like gambling. Like like <laughs> nine out of ten times, or probably like. 49 out of 50 times it's something boring like like a cardinal or uh, uh-huh. in florida we have these brown anoles uh these like small lizards those are probably the two most frequent hosts that i find in mosquito de- uh, in mosquito blood meals okay. um but then sometimes we get things like bobcats or great horned owls uh otters um, oh wow it's like a history it's like a book Dude, it's so like this, so this is cool. this is this is how I got into mosquitoes. Yeah, it's really um, cool. Like I, I didn't start off the, I didn't start off as like a mosquito nerd. It's like mosquitoes are just so like connected to everything else. So, right. Like, yeah. So, so it's like through mosquitoes, I've been able to do to like do research with pythons, uh, manatees, like just like a whole range of animals that I wouldn't get if I specialized in, in anything else. That's a really cool point. Yeah. It's like yeah. the history of the, mo- of the movement of like, of these things is, is insane. The ma- mosquitoes bite manatees too. Even the manatees aren't safe. Oh yeah. No, even the manatees aren't safe. Like, um, so this was something that we did recently where, uh, at Flamingo in the Everglades, um, like, like, I, so a few, uh, maybe 10 years ago, a paper came out, uh, detailing, uh, some tests that some researchers did on uh, wild bottlenose dolphins here in Florida. So they would collect um, uh, blood samples from these dolphins, and they would test test that blood for antibodies to various pathogens, okay. including yeah. things like West Nile uh, and Eastern equine encephalitis, right? Um, and some of these popped positive. So uh, how how these dolphins got uh, exposed to mosquito mosquito vector? viruses was like kind of this open question um yeah, it's crazy. so after yeah like like i don't know so after the worm and leech thing like i was kind of of the opinion that like nothing was going to surprise me with like what what mosquitoes might be feeding on so uh after hearing about this paper um with uh with the dolphins uh i started watching manatees that i would see for mosquitoes and uh, sure enough like i think it was the first manatee that i looked at uh, through like a telephoto lens, uh, there was a mosquito on its back. Um, so <laughs> the like like not not even uh, manatees and pr- like I mean so we didn't we, we haven't done anything with dolphins yet. Uh, but I think I think that the mosquitoes feeding from manatees kind of explains wh- uh, how these dolphins may have been exposed to these viruses. How did you look at a manatee with a telephoto lens? So in uh, down in Flamingo, there's like a marina, right? Okay. Uh, so like the manatees just like hang out there like lazy, like lazy guys, blub like around. they just mm-hmm. yeah, blub around. <laughs> That's amazing. Um. So, so what, what are you uh, what are you currently working on? Like, what are some studies that you're currently working on? So it's nothing as exciting as uh, mosquitoes feeding from um, uh, worms, leeches, or manatees, but the the kind of gene drive passing of infertility. And also, mm-hmm. oh god, what is Wolbach. that back? The Wolbach, Wolbach, yeah, Thank you. I, miss, I now, knew it. Now we know how to say it right. I knew it was wrong after saying it like twenty times. Wolbach, yeah, Yeah. So, what is your opinion on the best method? Man, so like, I I kind of say like I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, but I I You're stay okay. more focused on the biology and ecology side of it. Um, I mean, so so things like what with what Oxytech is doing right now in the Florida Keys, like. It's not quite a silver bullet. Like, um, uh, 
in order to keep populations of Aedes aegypti at low levels or essentially ex- like gone, uh, you have to keep releasing these mosquitoes. Otherwise, mm-hmm. mosquitoes will come repopulate that area from elsewhere. Um, so I don't I don't look at that as as a silver bullet. Uh, gene drives, I think, are like I mean, if you want a, a silver bullet, I think gene drives and Wolbachia are probably where you would want to look. Um, but at least within the gene drive case, I think that's a little bit more dangerous and, or like, it's a little bit more powerful and thus needs more, uh, scrutiny and like testing to ensure that, uh, that the gene drive is safe. Um, you do occasionally have mosquito species that will, uh, interbreed. Um, so like Aedes aegypti and Aedes albopictus, uh, Aedes aegypti came over like centuries ago. Um, and has been in the United States for, for hundreds of years. Uh, Aedes albopictus only showed up in the 1980s. And when Aedes albopictus showed up, it pushed Aedes aegypti out of places where it was formerly abundant. Um, and one of the ways that it did that was by, by mating with, um, uh, like, mating with Aedes aegypti. And I'm realizing now that this is, like, kind of mm. the, like, I'm hitting the wall of, like, my detailed knowledge of this. Um, but part of it is because they were mating with each other and Aedes aegypti just wasn't able to, uh, produce like kind of the abundance of, uh, offspring, uh, compared with, with, um, Aedes albopictus. In general, when a mosquito mates, this is also Mm. kind of how the Oxytec stuff works. Uh, when a mosquito mates, uh, the female does not mate again. So they only mate once. So if you have like a female Aedes aegypti mating with uh, a male Aedes albopictus, that Egypti isn't going to produce viable eggs, and it's not going to mate a second time with a member of its own species. Hmm. Um, so when okay. you have things like gene drive, you need to be extremely careful with things like that um, because you risk that gene drive making it into a Okay, so what did you think? I told you, it's pretty wild. I love Lawrence's point about how mosquitoes really connect to everything else on the planet and to the entire food web. And that's the reason he likes to study them. I thought that was really cool. I wasn't expecting that. So for more Lawrence, you can go to his amazing Instagram, which is really, really cool with, uh, with fucking wild pictures. I'm not just mosquitoes. Okay. Don't worry. Well, there are those, but he also has birds and he has snakes and he has chameleons at his Instagram handle biodiversary. Okay. So now we'll share our opinions on should we eradicate mosquitoes or not. Back to the podcast. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that the question? I think it's an easy answer personally. What do you think? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna get to it. Here's the thing about mosquitoes. Yeah. Is that there's three thousand different kinds of mosquitoes. There mm-hmm. are over three thousand different kinds of them. Only about a hundred of them actually spread the diseases. Mm. So here's the thing is that we're not, we don't want to get rid of all of the mosquitoes. We just want to get rid of the a hundred that suck. The bad ones. We want to get rid of the bad boys. In science, they're called the vector species. But do we need the bad boys for anything good? Like, do we need them for food or other insects need them for food? Or do they do anything to the water when they're larvae? Okay. So, so, so that's, so that's, that's the thing. Okay. So when they're a larva, when a, when a mosquito is a larva, Things that eat them, right? Dragonflies, damsel nymphs, turtles, tadpoles, fish. And you can imagine like the dragonflies and damsel nymphs are themselves vital for other things, 
right? So they're at the very bottom of the food chain. So mm-hmm. they do are they are a good amount of food provided. But the thing is that all of those species, when you look into them, they're not like a crucial part of their food system, right? So that those species can eat other things. There's many other things they eat, and the the larvae are a very small part of their of their actual diet. Um, so there's this there's a fish actually called the uh called the mosquito fish. Yep. Okay. Like this fish. Yeah, the mosquito fish, and actually, so like Sochi. Remember when the Olympics were in Sochi? In Russia, uh-huh. they had a huge uh, malaria problem. Oh man! Yeah, which is weird because it's very north, so you wouldn't you wouldn't really think. But it can it most, mosquitoes can spread outside of the tropics. Yeah, clearly, clearly right? Yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah, I, and I'm about to get into that too. Yeah. So, so in um in Sochi, they had a really bad mosquito problem, mm-hmm. and they they brought in the mosquito fish, which which eats um it's famous for eating mosquitoes, obviously. Yeah, hence the mosquito fish. Yeah, hence the mosquito fish, and it got rid it got rid of all the mosquitoes. And now in Sochi, they have a statue of a mosquito fish. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2010, they built a big statue so of mosquito like fish. Putin over here, mosquito Put- fish it's like over Putin, here. It's Putin, mosquito fish. Wow. Same level. One, two punch. Yeah. So one of the problems, though, with mosquito fish, and they've tried this in other areas, is that mosquito fish are extremely aggressive to other fish and frogs. Okay? So... Sometimes they'll put a bunch of mosquito fish in an area, mm-hmm. and that mosquito fish will actually chase out so much of the native species that there will be more mosquitoes. Oh, shit. Native what? Like f- So, like, let's say you have a pond, right? And you've got a bunch of frog and fish naturally in there. And the frogs eat some mosquitoes. Yeah, and the frogs and those other fish, like, frogs and fish just n- naturally eat mosquitoes anyway. Yeah. And you put the mosquito fish in it because you're like, I want to get rid of all these mosquitoes. Well, that mosquito fish might chase out all the all the other fish and frogs that were normally there, yeah. and now your mosquito problem might actually be worse. Okay, because so, as it turns out, the mosquito fish it does eat mosquitoes, but they're not like a huge part of its diet. Why didn't Why didn't that happen in Sochi? Not sure. They're thinking that they just got scientists think they just literally got lucky. Oh, but I think it's a really good example of how we we really you really don't know how these things are going to affect. Uh, other things environments and, yeah. and like you were saying that's the big problem with the treatments we have now is that not that we don't have the treatments is that we have no idea what it's going to do in the environment right and you can imagine if we have you know hiv spreading mosquito right i mean they're freaked out horrible everything is so it's what so balanced you were the dude responsible for creating like you know a horrible mosquito that just fucking Turn everyone into zombies. And then people start biting each other. A zombie mosquito? Yeah. Someone's going to release one of these cures. You're going to be looking out the window. And someone's just going to come up and just start biting someone. You're going to be like, I know. The, the cure was released. Yeah. Okay. Adult mosquitoes are food for another diversity of creatures, Adam. Okay. Fish, frogs, salamander, lizards, carnivorous plants. Oh. Remember okay. those? Yeah, right, right. Birds, bats. However, again, just like the larvae, they only make up a small percent of the diet of these creatures. The only part of the world where more mosquitoes may be the dominant thing in the mm-hmm. in the food system is the Arctic. Actually. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How so? The Arctic tundra has the worst mosquito problems in the world. And basically the reason Where, where, where? What Arctic? The Arctic tundra. How? Fucking don't they they don't freeze? So 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 here's what happens. Yeah. Okay. There's the freeze thaw cycle. Mm-hmm. So everything freezes and then everything thaws, and then you just have a bunch of like wet ground. Ooh. And they just fucking breed. So wait, their, the worst? their larva is in the ice. Is their larva in the ice or no? Not sure. Okay, but the sure. that kind of environment because like it freezes and then it thaws and it's all the space for them. We'll talk to Lawrence about this. Yeah, we'll talk to Lawrence about this. Yeah. Um, it creates this un, this amazing environment for them, and there's a massive, massive swarms 
there. Okay. Oh. And scientists think that that birds that are migrating through the Arctic, or some birds that live in the Arctic, that they are a major food source for those birds, and that losing the losing those mosquitoes might be really bad because there's nothing else. Yeah. Because there's they, nothing else. Are they some of the mo- most dangerous ones? Oh, thank you. I was about to get that. Yeah. Luckily, many of those mosquitoes are benign. Okay. Okay. So even there, we can we can wipe out the bad ones that suck, and we'll be fine. Again, we wiped out. We wiped out mosquitoes in the United States. But how? And Europe. You're saying just with pesticides? Insecticide yeah. and, and modern and modern day living. So so insecticide one. Okay. So a huge insecticide problem. So so it's a couple things. One, not as bad as it was in the tropics. Okay. Okay. Two, insecticide. DDT. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Three is modern living. Air conditioning. Window screens. We're not outside as much. We're not transmitting as much. Face Basically a face mask for Corona. Something as simple as not transmitting it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is like a study on um, the screw worm. Okay. And they did the infertility mutation with it. Mm-hmm. They did the infertility thing with it. Which and it, they did the gene drive stuff with it? They no? did the, yeah. They, in the 1950s, the American entomologist Edward F. Nippling. Oh, they didn't have that. Yeah. Okay. He eliminated the screw, screw worm. Um, by sterilizing it and causing them to mate. It probably wasn't the gene drive stuff, but they did, they were able to make... Infertility. Infertility, yeah. yeah. Sterile insect technique what? involved breeding and hatching millions of flies, sterilizing the males with low-level gamma rays, then releasing them... Oh, so they just... They, radi- they just radiated them. To cause what? To cause them to be infertile. Okay. What was okay. the screw, screw worm during, doing that was really fucked up? It was, it, was, it was fucking up agriculture. Screw worm? Yeah, the screw worm. Agricultural okay. pest. Okay, so they basically just blasted it with radiation to make it sterile. Then they released them in numbers sufficient to swamp the wild population. This could have gone really fucking bad. Luckily, it didn't. Females that made it with the sterile males produced infertile offspring. Okay, mm-hmm. it took decades, but it worked. And it and wiped them out. It wiped them out, and the two men were awarded the World Food Prize in 1992. What's the World Food Prize? Is that like a basket of potatoes? That's like you did good for the food supply. That's because these you screw get? worms were killing the What's agriculture. The, I know. What's the trophy for the World Food Prize? Avocado toast? No, it's got to be something better than that. Yeah. Probably something vegetarian, though. I hope seeing, so. Seeing as where we're going. Okay. And the same technique now is used to contain outbreaks of the Mediterranean fruit fly. So other creatures, right, do this. And it has been effective, like it's been effective in the United States. Um, let's talk about pollination, Adam. Yeah. Okay, some people say, but then we won't, mosquitoes are huge pollinators, okay? Many plants, such as the goldenrod, are pollinated by mosquitoes. However, other insects also pollinate them. When mosquitoes also want plant nectar, they also feast off plant nectar? They land on plants. No, but it, I didn't know. I thought they could just, uh, they just survived off blood. No, so uh, that, that's interesting. Actually, some mosquitoes are vegetarian. Some mosquitoes are totally vegetarian. Oh, there are some mosquitoes that are completely benign and they just suck the nectar and they suck. They suck nectar. They eat flour or whatever. They land on flowers and they spread them around. When did you think they got the taste for blood? One of them was just like, hmm, this tastes pretty good. I know. They're like, they land like, on oh, a human. I, I they're like, like oh, human. look, it's a flower. And they just stick their needle in and they suck it. And they're like, oh, you know what? Fuck this veggie stuff. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck they, the veggie. I'm they got a the taste blood. for meat. They got a taste for blood. They got a taste meat. for the fucking blood. Yeah. Um, so. These plants that are pollinated by them, mm-hmm. they're also pollinated by other stuff, so they'll be fine. Okay, orchids, the one plant, the, the one plant in the Arctic would be very susceptible to mosquito removal. So again, orchids, really? Yeah. So again, the, orchids. The Arctic is like the one area that um, 
could be could be very very sensitive. Okay. So, I think it's I I think it's a very very easy like I think it's very very easy easy show. We I had another example about about caribou, but just I I think that we should definitely get rid of them. The bad ones. Get rid of the fucking bad ones. There, seven percent of the world's population has is, is has malaria. Well, what did I say earlier? Like nine percent gets a mosquito-borne illness. Yeah. Get I, rid of this shit, and those countries would be doing so much better. I think people are pretty aligned on we should get rid of the bad ones. Yeah. No. I no. I. I. There seems to be some dissension, but I don't even know if it's like like we should get rid of the bad ones, and I feel like we should take some chances to try and get rid of it's them. It's just another example that not everything natural is good. Very true. Yeah. Mouth louse. What was that thing that you mentioned? Tongue eating louse. Tongue eating louse. Tongue eating louse is a bastard. Okay. Yeah. Hey. We'll eat your tongue. It'll eat your tongue and replace Let's it. Let's get rid of the mosquitoes. Um, hey, open kimono. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> open, open, open kimono. Get rid of the mosquitoes. They're causing tons of suffering and malaria and stuff in t- tropical regions. I did not know that it was this bad. Yeah. Fucking get rid of that shit. I mean, malaria and, yang- and yellow fever. I almost said yangay. Yellow fever and dengue are horrible. I didn't know... That malaria was that bad, but I can tell you from having dengue, it's a horrible disease and it kills tons of people in the countryside um, in a in an awful way. Um, and like you're saying, it causes poverty because they can't get they literally can't get free of these mosquito illnesses. Right. Um, just as a uh, from personal experience, in some of these villages, the um, parents will have like ten or eleven kids, and like two of them will survive. What to be like working age? Yeah. I mean that's that's. Uh, that's extreme yeah. poverty. Wait, hold on. It you know, it's nice walking around the United States is nice because I'm not going to get malaria because exactly. we've gotten rid of it. We used to be you you would have gotten it had we not gotten rid of those damn mosquitoes. They're oh. Okay, Adam, where can people find us? Get rid of the mosquitoes, guys. Kill the mosquitoes. Okay. Bill and Melinda Gates, keep going. Keep supporting. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Um shout out to Sarah's boyfriends. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriends all the, all of them. Of course. All the time. All the time. Um Shout out to fucking the good mosquitoes, honestly. Shout out Thanks to the good mosquitoes, you. honestly. And I'm sorry you that you. It's a good mosquito. I'm sorry that you get lumped in with all the bad mosquitoes. Yeah. Do you know sorry. what I mean? It's not, it's your, not your fault. fault it's right? the one you're, that had a taste for you. You're meat. a fine vegetarian mosquito that likes flowers, and then you know your stupid cousin just likes blood. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, some of you guys might get wiped out because we gotta get rid of that shitty one. Okay, Adam, where can people find us? You guys. You can find us on every podcast app. And the one thing that you can do for us what is, is it? if you have an iPhone right now. Subscribe first. And you're listening on your iPhone. You're listening on your iDevice. If you look at your phone, you see a five stars. Hit five stars. Hit the fifth star. And that gives us a rating and it helps us a ton because it moves us up in iTunes so we can get more people listening to the podcast, which is great. It's a huge favor for us and we really appreciate it. And also... Of course, subscribe wherever you are to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love you.